Section 17 of the Underground Railroad Part 2 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Underground Railroad Part 2 by William Still Section 17 Five Years and One Month Secreted Part 3 Sixth Letter He is now earnestly appealing in behalf of a friend in slavery, with a view to procuring aid and assistance from certain parties, by which this particular friend in bondage might be rescued. Toronto, March 8, 1854 My dear friend Still, we will once more trouble you upon this great cause of freedom, as we know that you are a man that are never fatigued in such a glorious cause. Sir, what I wish to say is this. Mr. Foreman has received a letter from his wife, dated the 29th, Alt. She states to him that she was ready at any time, and that everything was right with her, and she hoped that he would lose no time in sending for her, for she was ready and awaiting for him. Well, friend Still, we learned that Mr. Minkins could not bring her the account of her child. We are very sorry to hear such news, however. You will please to read this letter with care, as we have learnt that Minkins cannot do what we wishes to be done. We purpose another way. There is a white man that sail from Richmond to Boston. That man are very safe. He will bring F.'s wife with her child. So you will do us a favor, will take it upon yourself to transcribe from this letter what we shall write i.e. this there is a colored gen that works on the basin in r this man's name is esu poster he can tell mrs foreman all about this sailor so you can place the letter in the hands of m to take to foreman's wife she can read it for herself she will find foster at ladlam's warehouse on the basin and when you write call my name to him and he will trust it this foster are a member of the old Baptist church. When you have done all you can do, let us know what you have done. If you hears anything of my uncle, let me know. Seventh letter. He laments over his uncle's fate, who was suffering in a dungeon-like place of concealment, daily waiting for the opportunity to escape. Toronto, March 18th, 1864. My dear Still, Yours of the 15th reached on the 11th, found myself and family very well, and not to delay no time in replying to you, as there was an article in your letter, which article roused me very much when I read it. That was you praying to me to be cautious how I write down south. Be so kind as to tell me in your next letter whether you have at any time apprehended any danger in my letters, however, in those bound southward. If there have been, allow me to beg ten thousand pardon before God and man, for I am not designed to throw any obstacle in the way of those whom I left in the south, but to aid them in every possible way. I have done as you requested, that to warn the friends of the danger of writing south. I have told all you said in yours, that Mr. Minkins would be in your city very soon, and you would see what you could do for me. Do you mean or do speak in reference to my dear uncle? I am hopes that you will use every effort to get him from the position in which he now stand. I know how he feels at this time, for I have felt the same when I was a runaway. I was bereft of all participation with my family for nearly nine months, and now that poor fellow are placed in same position. 
Oh, God help, I pray, what a pity it is that I cannot do him no good, but I sincerely hope that you will not get fatigued at doing good in such cases. Nay, I think otherwise of you, however. I say no more on this subject at present, but leave it for you to judge. On the thirteenth inst, you made some remarks concerning friend Foreman's wife. I am satisfied that you will do all you can for her release from slavery, but as you said you feels for them, so do I, and Mr. Foreman comes to me very often to know if I have heard anything from you concerning his wife. They all comes to for the same. God save the Queen, all my letters southward have passed through your hands, with an exception of one. John H. Hill Eighth Letter Death has snatched away one of his children, and he has cause to mourn. In his grief he recounts his struggles for freedom, and his having to leave his wife and children. He acknowledges that he had to work very hard for comforts, but he declares that he would not exchange with the comforts of ten thousand slaves. Toronto, September 14, 1854 My dear friend Still, this are the first opportunity that I have had to write you since I read your letter of the 20th July. There have been sickness and death in my family since your letter was read. Our dear little child have been taken from us, one whom we loved so very dear, but the Almighty God knows what are best for us all. Lewis Henry Hill was born in Petersburg, Virginia, May 7, 1852, and died Toronto, August 19, 1854, at 5 o'clock p.m. Dear Still, I could say much about the times and incidents that have taken place since the coming of that dear little angel just spoken of. It was twelve months and three days from the time that I took departure of my wife and child to proceed to Richmond to await a conveyance up to the day of his death. It was Thursday the 13th that I lift Richmond. It was Saturday the 15th that I land to my great joy in the city of Philadelphia. Then I put out for Canada. I arrived in this city on Friday the 30th, and to my great satisfaction, I found myself upon Britain's free land, not only free for the white man, but for all. This day, twelve months, I was not out of the reach of the slaveholders, but this fourteenth day of September, I am as free as your President Pierce, only I have not been free so long. However, the thirtieth of the month, I will have been free only twelve months. It is true that I have to work very hard for comfort, but I would not exchange with ten thousand slaves that are equal with their masters. I am happy, happy. Give love to Mrs. Still. My wife laments her child's death too much. Will you be so kind as to see Mr. Brown and ask him to write to me, and if he have heard from Petersburg, Virginia. Yours truly, J. H. Hill. Ninth letter. He is anxiously waiting for the arrival of friends from the South. Hints that slaveholders would be very unsafe in Canada should they be foolish enough to visit that country for the purpose of enticing slaves back. Toronto, January 19th, 1854 My dear Still, your letter of the 16th came to hand just in time for my purpose. I perceives by your statement that the money have not been to Petersburg at all, done just what was right, and I would have sent the money to you at first, but, my dear friend, I have called upon you for so many times that I have been ashamed of myself to call any more. So you may perceive by the above written my obligations to you. You said that you had written on to Petersburg. You have done right, which I believe is your general way of doing your business. 
the money are all right i only had to pay a six dollar on the ten dollars this money was given to by a friend in the city of new york the friend was from richmond virginia a white man the amount was fifteen dollars i forward a letter to you yesterday which letter i forgot to date my friend i wants to hear from virginia the worst of all things you know that we expect some friends on and we cannot hear anything from them which makes us uneasy for fear that they have attempted to come away and been detected i have ears open at all times listen at all hours expecting to hear from them please to see friend brown and know from him if he has heard anything from our friends if he have not tell him right and inquire into the matter why it is that they have not come over then let me hear from you all we are going to have a grand concert etc i mean the abolitionist society i will attend myself and also my wife if the lord be willing you will perceive in previous letter that i mentioned something concerning mr foreman's wife if there be any chance whatever please to proceed mr foreman sends his love to you requested you to do all you can to get his wife away from slavery our best respects to your wife you promised me that you would write something concerning our arrival in canada but i suppose you have not had the time as yet i would be very glad to read your opinion on that matter i have noticed several articles in the freeman one of the canada weeklies concerning the christiana prisoners respecting castner hanway and also mr roffman if i had one hundred dollars to-day i would give them five each however i hope that i may be able to subscribe something for their relief in regards to the letters have been written from canada to the south the letters was not what they thought them to be and if the slaveholders know when they are doing well they had better keep their side for if they comes over this side of the lake i am under the impression they will not go back with something that their mother boned them with whether there are slaves written for them or not i know some one here that have written his master to come after him but not because he expect to go with him home but because he wants to retaliate upon his persecutor but i would be sorry for man that have written for his master expecting to return with him because the people here would kill them sir i cannot write enough to express myself so i must close by saying i remain yours john h hill tenth letter great joy over an arrival twelve months praying for the deliverance of an uncle groaning in a hiding place while the slave hunters are daily expected strong appeals for aid etc etc Toronto, January 7th, 1855. My dear friend, it is with much pleasure that I take this opportunity of addressing you with these few lines hoping when they reaches you they may find yourself and family enjoying good health as they leaves us at present. And it is with much happiness that I can say to you that Mrs. Mercer arrived in this city on yesterday. Mr. Mercer was at my house late in the evening, and I told him that when he went home, if he hear anything from Virginia, that he must let me know as soon as possible. He told me that if he went home and found any news there, he would come right back and inform me thereof. But little did he expect to find his dearest there. You may judge what a meeting there was with them, and may God grant that there may be some more meetings with our wives and friends. I had been looking for someone from the old sod for several days, but I was in good hopes that it would be my poor uncle. But poor fellow, he are yet groaning under the sufferings of a horrid system, expecting every day to receive his doom. 
Oh God, what shall I do, or what can I do for him? I have prayed for him more than twelve months, yet he is in that horrid condition. I can never hear anything directly from him or any of my people. Once more I appeal to your humanity. Will you act for him, as if you was in slavery yourself, and I sincerely believe that he will come out of that condition? Mrs. M. have told me that she given some directions how he could be gotten at, but, friend still, if this conductor should not be successful this time, will you mind him of the poor slave again? I hope you will. As Mrs. Mercer have told the friend what to do, I cannot do more, therefore I must leave it to the mercy of God and your exertion. The weather have been very mild ever since the 23rd of December. I have thought considerable about our condition in this country, seeing that the weather was so very favorable to us. I was thinking a few days ago that nature had given us a country and adopted all things suitable. You will do me the kindness of telling me in your next whether or not the ten slaves have been brought out from North Carolina. I have not heard from Brown for nine months. He have done some very bad letting me alone. For what cause I cannot tell. Give my best respect to Mr. B. when you see him. I wish very much to hear from himself and family. You will please to let me hear from you. My wife joins me in love to yourself and family. Yours most respectfully, John H. Hill. P.S. Every fugitive regretted to hear of the death of Mrs. Moore. I myself think that there are no other to take her place. Yours, J.H.H. H. End of section 17. Recording by Lee Smalley.